We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Patrick Stevens is going to talk to us right now about championships of the college basketball variety. He is a bracketologist champion with, uh, with his predictions ahead of time. Uh, good enough to join us right now. How's it going, Patrick? Hey, Patrick. Hey, fellas, how you doing this afternoon? Good. You uh, you had a pretty good uh, projection. It looked like looking at uh, looking at how things shook out. Pretty pretty close to home. Yeah, I, I prefer to think that the committee just did a really good job. So <laughs> that's a good way to look at it. Let's let's start there uh, with the committee. I mean, there's always going to be controversy. I think we all understand that at this point. There's always going to be something. Did anything just stand out to you more than others? That wow, they really blew this, or this seemed really odd. Is there anything that, that really stands out to you? The only thing that stood out to me was Texas A&M being a seven seed. Okay, because I thought that. You know, there's a certain school of thought that the committee's basically done a lot of its work by the time you get to about Friday or so. But it's not as if Texas A&M tacked on a lot of great victories late. I mean, they beat beat a decent Vanderbilt team, but not a great Vanderbilt team in the semis of the SEC tournament on Saturday. I just thought that their overall profile, you know, when you looked at the team sheet, there's six different metrics that they list on there. And at the end of the day, and granted, this did improve over the last couple days of the season – uh, they were in the top 20 in all six of them, uh, which would suggest to me that they would be at least a five seed. Uh, and so for them to be a seven seed feels like that they're probably uh, the team that has more right to be miffed than just about anybody else. Because instead of being you know, in a situation where maybe you get into one of those toss-up four or five games, instead they're, they're staring at probably having to play Texas uh, if in, the, yeah. in the second round, assuming they can get past a Penn State team. And by the way, if you're Penn State and you just did four games in four days and now you have to take on an angry Texas A&M team on Thursday, I mean, good luck with that. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, I was just about to ask you about what you thought about the Lions. I thought the Nittany Lions probably performed as well as any club in the country. You think they played a little bit over their head, but they were doing it consistently. Yeah, and I, I thought if you had to pick out a second team to point out, it would have been Penn State maybe being a little underseeded. I mean, let's face it, if, if you get yourself a, a, into an 8-9 game, it doesn't really matter if you're an 8 or a 9. And I, I kind of thought that they had played their way up to the 8 line just compared even to the other teams from the Big Ten that were in that 8-9 mix, like Illinois, like Iowa, like Maryland. I, I thought Penn State wound up with a better profile than all of those teams when all was said and done. Uh, so, so they're certainly a team that, that has a little bit of a gripe. Although, again, I, I would argue that if I was Penn State, the thing I would be most frustrated about is having just played four games in four days, and, and now I've got a fairly quick turnaround. I mean, I think that extra day in, in playing Friday, not that the committee's really taking that into account, 
But that would have been a nice little thing for them to have had to be able to go into a Friday first-round game rather than a Thursday first-round game. And in fairness to the NCAA, Penn State is playing in the absolute last session on Thursday afternoon against Texas A&M. I think that game is in Des Moines. All right, we're talking to Patrick Stevens at D1S Course on Twitter. Uh, you can give him a follow there. Does a great job breaking to the brackets of the Washington Post throughout the college basketball season here with us on Burgundy Gold today. Be the BetQL guest hotline. Bet smarter. Be the books. Download the BetQL app today. All right, let's get to the locals first. Uh, Maryland did not do themselves any favors the last few weeks of the regular season. Didn't quite do enough of the tournament. So they are in a very difficult draw. Not only getting West Virginia, uh, the nine, but also obviously the winner most likely playing Alabama in front of basically the whole state of Alabama. So uh, what did you think about where Maryland end up, and was that just and fair based on the way that things played out throughout the season? Yeah, that was about right. I mean, I felt like they were going to be in one of those <laughs> excuse me, yeah, sure. <clears throat> one of those 8-9 games, and there was a pretty good chance that they were going to be down in Birmingham. I mean, you figure Purdue was going to be the last of those one seeds, so they were going to be stuck playing an Alabama, a Houston, or a Kansas in the second round, assuming they could get through. And as, as crazy as it sounds, because West Virginia is pretty good, you know, there were scenarios where they would have had to have played like an Arkansas or an Auburn or one of those super athletic uh, SEC teams in the first round. I, I think West Virginia is relatively manageable in comparison. I'm not saying sure. it's going to be an easy game, uh, but I, I think that they would have been overwhelmed a bit by the athleticism of those two teams I just mentioned. So, you know, the, the reality for Maryland is, is if, if you wanted to avoid this sort of situation, you, you win at Ohio State or you or you grab that last rebound against Penn State yeah. or you pick off Indiana in the Big Ten tournament. Yeah, they put themselves in a tough spot. Well, um, looking, at, uh, looking at Howard, I mean, they don't have to do the play-in game, but you get Kansas, albeit Kansas maybe without their head coach, uh, depending on what his doctors think, uh, with Bill Self going through that heart procedure over the week weekend. Um, so, I mean... It, all things considered, I mean, it was obviously huge for them to win the MIAC. Uh, this is always a tough spot, the one versus 16, but I guess it beats going to the play-in series in Dayton. Well, there's a couple ways of looking at the Dayton situation. One is is that you go there and, A, you have a much more realistic chance of winning a game. Sure. And second of all, because of the way the NCAA doles out the money from the NCAA tournament, they, they basically give you units. And every game you play, other than the national title game, you get a unit. So if you're a 16 seed, you actually have a chance to make your league some money in that in that Dayton situation. Interesting. That okay. said, you know I'm really happy for for Kenny Blakeney and Howard for being able to just get direct entry into the round of 16. I mean, just the fact that it does feel like those Dayton games are are a little bit separate, no matter how much the NCAA tries to to make it not seem like they're playing games. They're playing games. And so for Howard, a double champion, won the regular season, won the conference tournament. We're able to jump over a Texas A&M Corpus Christi team that won the Southland that, that I kind of thought on paper probably had a little bit better profile. But in the end, you know, I, I think you could make the case for Howard, and the committee obviously did. And amazingly enough, Howard runs into the exact same team that it saw in the first round the last time it was in the <laughs> NCAA tournament back in 1992 in the Jayhawks. Uh, it's going to be a, a bit of tough sledding for the Bison, but they do have so many interesting pieces, and they're so deep that I do think – that they have a chance to keep things interesting for a little while. And if you're a 16 seed, that's what you want to do. Keep things interesting for as long as possible. You look at guys like Elijah Hawkins, who's a really, really good point guard. And you've got a freshman in Shy Odom who's played exceptionally well 
uh, over the back half of the season. And you've got guys like Steve Settle. There's only so many guys that are 6'10 and about 185, 190 and can shoot the three the way he does. And you go right down the line, Jelani Williams, the Penn grad transfer, uh, who, who sat out for so many years because of knee injuries, had three ACL tears, and now has the chance to play in the NCAA tournament. A lot of great stories on that Howard's on that Howard roster, uh, and just the turnaround that, that, that Kenny Blakeney's been able to engineer. I think this is a, a, a an opportunity to savor things for a few days. If there's if it, I know Howard isn't necessarily looking to be happy just to be there, but if there's a team that des- that deserves to have the attitude of happy to be there. Uh, certainly the Bison making their first trip in 31 years. And trends mean a lot. And HBCU money seems to be coming in. Uh, now Howard is an excellent position to get people to come, to play, to get the education, the experience. And I just see this as being a platform, not a one and done, but really a platform for this program to do some things that, that uh, haven't been done in a long time around here. I remember sitting across from Kenny Blakeney after during his first summer after he took the job at Howard. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about like how they would schedule and what he wanted to do. And, you know, let's face it, and I think he knew this too. There's, there's a certain amount of skepticism that comes from, you know, looking at, at, a, at a program that hadn't been to the NCAA tournament and at that point more than 25 years and, and frankly had had plenty of time in there where they frankly didn't take it all that seriously. And this was a guy that, you know, he played for Morgan Wooten at DeMatha. He played for Mike Krzyzewski at Duke. He's a really, really bright guy. And he has background working at places like Notre Dame and Harvard and Columbia. And so you take all of that and you throw in the academics of Howard. And he made it very clear that he wanted to basically treat it like it was an Ivy League program as much as anything else and say, you know, this is, this is the best in academics. We're going to do better in basketball. You know, we're going to invest in all this. And it has come to fruition this season, uh, and, and I do agree. I think that there is an upward trend there, and the thing is, is getting there the first time was the tough part. You know, it's obviously not going to necessarily be easy to do it over and over and over again, but at least you knock down the 30 years' worth of, you know, I don't want to say apathy, although there's some of that in play, just 30 years of just sort of inertia as much as anything else over at Howard. Uh, and, and Blakeney has done a fabulous job really blending recruits uh, like freshmen, uh, some holdovers uh, initially, not, not really anymore, uh, and some of these Ivy League grad transfers. I mean, also picked up Marcus Dockery, the Maryland transfer, who hadn't played a ton for the Terps. Uh, and so it was a really interesting mix at a school that doesn't have the luxury of just being able to plug and play guys like so many other teams in their league. Yeah, Patrick Stevens with us, Washington Post, talking college basketball here in the BetQL <laughs> Guest Hotline. Uh, all right, let's get to a couple other uh, local uh, teams, the two Commonwealth teams, start with Virginia. I-, I tell you what, I saw Furman play a couple times this year. They're no joke. I mean, that's that's not the easiest of first games for the uh, runners-up in the ACC tournament. No, it is not. And Furman had been knocking on the door for a long time here. You remember a couple years back, uh, I think it was Villanova they picked off. They had another yeah. early season win. They made an appearance in the top 25. You know, they had been chugging along with top 20 or top 20 win seasons here for several years, and now they finally make the tournament for the first time since 1980. It's been that long. They used to be sort of a regular in the yeah. 70s, and now you know 27 and seven, like you said, a really good team, an excellent, efficient interior scoring team. They shoot almost 60 percent from two. Uh, this team does, and so you, you look at them, and they could create some problems. Uh, for Virginia in that first round game, you know, <coughs> excuse me, 
excuse me. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, Virginia obviously, you know, offensively challenged at times, certainly in that ACC final against Duke. Uh, they're going to have to do some scoring to be able to win that game against the Paladins. Yeah, no doubt. And VCU, uh, you know, you, like others, thought, hey, they had a win yesterday to get in, which seems wild to think with how the A-10 suddenly a one-bid league, but that's kind of where things are this season. Uh, They get it done. They beat Dayton. So they're in, and they're at 12, and, uh, you know, getting getting St. Mary's. I don't know if I'm St. Mary's. I'm really excited about that, but uh, what did you think of with the Rams, uh, where the Rams drew and what they may be able to do in the West? Well, you look at that game, St. Mary's is ninth in Ken Palm in adjusted defensive efficiency. VCU is 17th. It's a rock uh, fight. <laughs> this, is a ga- this is a game that, you know, whoever, if somebody gets to 55, it very well may be enough. Uh, and both of those teams have some interesting pieces. Obviously, Ace Baldwin being the star for VCU. Uh, for St. Mary's, a team that ha- has been a top 10 to 20 team in the net and in Ken Palm for most of the season. Uh, they've got a kid named Aiden Mahaney who just is a, had a monster game the first time around against Gonzaga when they beat him in overtime. Uh, and had, he had 18 in that game, but he also did a whole lot of stuff. It felt like it seemed like every big shot that kid was hitting. And so you know, I think that that is a game that if you like defense, you're probably going to like that one. I, I don't even know if rock fight is appropriate to use there <laughs> just because so te- both teams are so good at it. Yeah. It's not so much that they're not great offensive yeah. teams, although, although in fairness, you know, I don't think we would sit here and say that VCU is exactly a, a paragon of offensive efficiency. Right. But you know, I, I do think that that will be more good defense than bad offense as it unfolds. And you look at that grouping, you know, you got UConn and Iona in the other game. Uh, you know, UConn hasn't had a lot of success in the NCAA tournament basically since they won the thing in 2014. And then you've got the Rick Patino variable sitting there. So that's an interesting little grouping of teams up in Albany in that West bracket. Yeah, no. Uh, all right, final thing for you before we let you go, Patrick. Who is the what, do you think there is a one seed that got a more favorable draw, and do you think there's a one seed that, that, that maybe has a, like a less favorable draw or a concern? Well, you mentioned in the West, you have, you've, you have Kansas, St. Mary's, Connecticut, Gonzaga, UCLA, which are all you know metrics darlings, basically. Like St. Yeah. Mary's and UConn in particular are teams that – you know, when you look at their at, at their sort of efficiency numbers, they're better than maybe what the results-based uh, metrics would suggest. So, if you're into the efficiency thing, that West bracket is probably the more daunting group. You know, I kind of look at the group in the East, where you've got Purdue that's vulnerable. You've got Tennessee, which saw its point guard tear his ACL a few weeks back. You've got Marquette, which is a nice story and, and, a, and a good team. How good they are, I don't know. Kansas State, not a tested team in the postseason. And then you've got Duke sitting there. And and I feel like that might be the most wide open of the brackets. I mean, out of those teams I just mentioned, I think any of them other than Tennessee could be realistic teams to make it out of those those regionals. I I think Tennessee is a prime uh, team that could get picked off in the first round, certainly not make it out of the first weekend. So, you know, I, I look at the East as the one that we could have some variables. And even with Purdue, you know, they might have to deal with a really, really spunky Memphis team in the second round. And I'm not so sure that they get past that one. Yeah, that'd it, be crazy. Yeah, it's great. I mean, it's exciting. Um, you know, last year, obviously, we had the St. Peter's team. Do, do, any, any thoughts on a team that could be that kind of team this year? 
Well, Send I think Charleston's probably a little too far up the board yeah. as a as a 12 seed to really count as that. Um, but that is a team that I think can cause some problems for somebody. Uh, and, you know, they're playing San Diego State there in Orlando in the first round. You know, one other team I'll mention, just because I think this guy has done a fabulous job um, t- since taking over really one of the worst programs in Division One, and that's Amir Abdur-Rahim taking over at Kennesaw State four years ago, won one game in his first season, and has built a program the old-fashioned way by getting one big recruiting class and just sort of augmenting it and building around it and keeping guys together. They won the Atlantic Sun. They beat a good Liberty team. That is a team capable of winning a game, uh, and they'll play Xavier down in Greensboro. Them, them and Kent State in the same bracket, a 13 seed, the Golden Flashes, led by Sincere Carey, a former Duquesne point guard that has basically been the best player in the Mid-American Conference over the last two years. I think those are two teams to look out for in the Midwest bracket that could ultimately wind up winning multiple games this season. All right. Hey, Patrick, great stuff uh, throughout the season, man. Appreciate it. Uh, Yeah, the Bruins. D1 S-Course on Twitter. Uh, Good enough to give us some time. Patrick Stevens with the Washington Post. And, of course, uh, Always got you handled college basketball. Thank you so much, Patrick. Have a good day, buddy. Appreciate it. All right. Take care, fellas. All right, Patrick, via the BetQL guest hotline. I have good info there on the brackets. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.